Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yeah, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're just joining us here as the rest of the country joins us, not everyone is with us for every moment of the show. We just spent a moment remembering the great Carl Weathers we lost over the weekend. Sports movies are a big topic here, certainly. And uh, if you asked me to rank my favorite sports movies of all time, I would put Rocky at number one. And it is unquestionably my favorite sports franchise uh, of films. And Apollo Creed and Carl Weathers are probably the biggest reason why. Of, Of all the great characters in those movies, Burgess Meredith as Mickey, Talia Shire as Adrian Burt Young as Paulie, who also just died recently. Um, and Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed. Man, what can you say? And uh, incredible life. NFL player, became an actor, had a 30 or 40 year successful career, was still acting up until recently. Certainly was, you know, had a great part in Happy Gilmore and in the Schwarzenegger movies and all that. But but he will always be Apollo Creed. To me, he will forever be Apollo. It was the, it was the first... Sp- true sports movie to ever win Best Picture, correct? I think so. I don't. I don't know that for sure, but if it if it it's it did win for sure, and it certainly deserved it. And anyway, I loved him. So rest in peace, Carl Weathers, and thank you. So anyway, a million things going on here today, and one thing we haven't yet gotten to is this absolutely terrible news from the NBA. But let's get there now as we consider the scoop. The scoop. Joel Embiid has gone down, and he may not get back up again this year. He will undergo, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, a procedure to repair uh, the injury to his meniscus that he suffered the other night. He is expected to miss an extended period of time. A more precise timeline isn't expected until doctors complete the procedure. The original post that I saw, and I've been on the air for two hours, so now three hours, so tell me if, if there's more than this. What Woj said was the idea of his returning this year hasn't been ruled out completely, which means the idea that he is out for the year is the likelihood. That's the only way to interpret that message. So this is obviously horrible for the player, horrible for the Sixers, horrible for the league at large. There's really no other way to describe it. No, I mean, this changes everything. It changes so many things. It changes who is likely to win the MVP award. It changes who might come out of the Eastern Conference. It changes how the 76ers will or won't shape the trade deadline. I mean, all of these things were contingent upon Joel Embiid being Joel Embiid. I mean, two weeks ago, he was running away with the MVP award, averaging 35 points in a game at the center position is ridiculous. I mean, he's having the first 35-10-5 season in 60 years. I mean, he's having the best scoring season minute for minute since Will Chamberlain in 1962. What he's doing is beyond belief. And the 76ers were a team that was prepared to make significant moves at the trade deadline this year to go for it, to capture the end of Joel Embiid's prime, or at least the middle of Joel Embiid's prime, depending on where he might be. And now, all of a sudden... 
everything has changed. The 76ers might decide to fold up the tent. They might decide to become a Cavs space team this summer. And teams like the Knicks or teams like the Cavs or fill-in-the-blank, you know, fringe Eastern Conference contenders might decide to prey upon this as an opportunity to be a lot more aggressive at the trade deadline. I mean, this is the, the single biggest thing that has happened in the NBA all season. Absolutely. And first and foremost, it's awful. And there's not, that, nothing else to say. No sport is anything but awful when one of its best and most visible and most charismatic and most outstanding players is seriously injured. So that, that parag- period, new paragraph. Now, I want to read you what LeBron James posted, because this is of particular interest to me. So we know that the NBA instituted this year a rule that says you have to play in at least 65 games to be eligible for MVP. And some are speculating, I don't know whether this is the case or not, that Embiid may have been rushing himself back or forcing himself back from injuries in order to try and play 65 games this year in order to try to win MVP. I don't know if he did or he didn't. But LeBron James posted this. Where are all the media outlets, TV media personalities, hot takes that talked so much bleep about Joel Embiid missing those games when he knew what he was dealing with? Now he's out with an injury because of it. Not one person has went back on TV or their dumbass podcast and apologized to that man. No accountability. So I have at my just taking me. I, I don't think that LeBron is talking about me, but let's just use me as the example because I have talked a great deal for a long time about load management. Um, I have never talked about Joel Embiid in particular, but it is fair to say that the 65-game threshold is in place in part because loud media voices, and I guess I have one, have been complaining about load management for a long time. I, I, I would love to have this conversation with LeBron sometime because I think he is a thoughtful and intelligent person, and I respect his opinion greatly. But my position in response to him would be the opposite is true. The reason this rule went into place is because so many high-profile NBA players have chosen to miss games while perfectly healthy, and as a consequence, the league had to do something about it. So the league didn't do this because they were trying to force Joel Embiid to play hurt. The league did this because so many players were hiding behind, or I shouldn't say it that way, are using ideas like sports science and other things to rest while perfectly healthy during meaningful NBA games, and the league was suffering for it. That's why they did this. This isn't about Embiid, who we all know has long had a history of injury. He, I mean, his career didn't start until he was already in the league. What, two or three mm-hmm. years? Because of injuries to his back and, and all that kind of thing. So I don't think... Well, I can't speak for anyone else. I don't know what people said on their podcasts and TV shows. But I do know, at least for myself, I've never been critical of Embiid for missing time because he very obviously and very legitimately has had to nurse his body through uh, the ups and downs of his reality. It's all the other players, it's the Warriors choosing to sit their four stars for one game on the road, and thus every fan there not getting an NBA product in return. It's those things that are the reason this, this rule is in place. So again, my respectful response to LeBron would be, 
If you're just talking specifically about Embiid, you're right. You're 100% right. If media talking heads were criticizing Embiid for missing time, then that is unfair. Because no one should criticize a player who was legitimately injured from trying to nurse him or herself back to whatever is in their best interest. This is my battle against my war against um, rest, against uh, um, load management has not been about injury. It's been because injury wasn't a part of it. It's because players have just decided that missing X number of games is in my own best interest. And that's why the league had to say, well, if if you're going to miss more than 17 of them, we're not going to let you be eligible for all these postseason awards where there are a lot of financial incentive to play. One of the downsides of that is it was always going to be the case, well, this might be unfair to a few players who were injured. That is true, but it does not mean it was a bad idea to insert the rule. At the end of the day, not winning MVP is less important than being available to your team and for yourself and his future and everything else that's going to happen out there. So I think this is a really interesting and important conversation to be had because there is no one in basketball, not Stephen A., not Charles Barkley, not anyone who has a louder voice than LeBron. So when LeBron says, if you are critical of Joel Embiid, this is on you, I'll give him that. I think he's right. But what I would then say in response is the rule is not in place because of Joel Embiid. And if we hadn't had players missing all those games when they were perfectly capable of playing, this wouldn't have happened in the first place. Yeah. So Joel Embiid decided not to play or the Sixers pulled him out of the game last Friday against Denver, nationally televised game, Embiid versus Jokic, all the hype, all the buzz, and the world wanted to have his head on a platter. Oh, he's ducking Jokic again, yada, yada, yada. It got, it got pretty ugly. He wound up missing the next game, too. I don't think the 76ers would have put Joel Embiid out on the floor unless he was eligible to play, capable of playing would be a better way of saying it, because that would be highly irresponsible. Although in the game against Golden State in which he got hurt, it's pretty clear he was much less than 100%. LeBron James is right. Like LeBron James is right insofar as we were highly irresponsible in being critical of Joel Embiid for, quote-unquote, ducking that game. Now, did that necessitate, not, not did that necessitate, did that create a situation where he decided to play when he shouldn't have and got hurt? That I don't know. But it is 100% true that the 65-game rule was critical, and the reason it had to happen is because the NBA superstars decided that playing wasn't that important to them. So like these, this is a more nuanced, like fuller-picture conversation. I happen to think that Joel Embiid injury was just kind of unfortunate and fluky because, you know what, when you're seven foot. And you weigh 300 pounds, sometimes bad things happen. In this and case, a guy landed on his knee. Who was it that Jonathan fell Kaminga on his landed Kaminga. on his knee? Yeah, we, we did the highlight last week. I mean, landed on his knee and his knee bent back. Funny. Now, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know if that was the, the specific cause of this specific injury mm-hmm. or not. I, I assume all that will eventually come out. I do feel terrible for MB. Of course. And if the 65-game threshold was a reason that he was trying to push his way back then that that is a terribly unfortunate circumstance. Is it? Like, I'm a Sixers fan. Yes, it's obviously, unfortunate. Obviously, the injury is terribly unfortunate for all parties involved. But don't we want players being willing to play basketball if they have a hangnail, if they have a slightly no, but, but swollen if, if, knee? If, he, if, if, he, they, if this was 
a contributor to his now being out for the season, then yes, it's terrible. Sure, of course it's terrible. It's awful. Like I, No one hates this more than I do. I want to see Joel Embiid play. We all want to see Joel Embiid play. But I think LeBron James... I think LeBron James is right, but I think trying to put everything into the same pot is, is to exclude nuance from a conversation that requires a lot of it. Well, that's what I mean. And, and so I think that's exactly what I just said, isn't it? I, I just said the rule is in place to protect the league, to protect, yeah. the, to protect the fans, frankly, to protect the fans. Remember, a big deal was made. Oh, John Morant's suspension is going to be longer than that. Means he can't be eligible for first team or second team or third team all NBA. Those things affect how much your supermax can be worth and all that kind of stuff. They're putting financial incentive in place about playing this many games. And I must say, I think they're right. I think the league got that right. It's the right decision. If this is a byproduct of that, it is an extremely unfortunate um, byproduct. It it, it is an extremely unfortunate. What's the word I'm looking for? It is um, an unintentional consequence of a rule that was forced to be put in place because players are continuously missing. Well, any game I think that they miss is a bad thing, but they were continuously missing what they deem to be their most important games, the nationally televised games. How many games did we have on ABC and on TNT that didn't have this one and didn't have that one? You did that last year. It's depressing as hell. I mean, there's nothing worse than that. The league sells its stars, and that's the most important thing they have. I continue to use this as an analogy. It's not a perfect one. It's, it's not apples to apples, but it's also not, you know, apples to cars. And that is that if you go to a Broadway show, if you go see um, Hugh Jackman on Broadway and he's ill and not performing that night, before the show begins, you can go to the box office and get a ticket to come back a different day. You're not, you're not being forced to pay your money to go see this because it isn't what you paid for. Everyone accepts that you paid to see Hugh Jackman. Now, sports are different. Injuries happen. So John Morant is legitimately hurt. He's not coming back. Joel Embiid is legitimately hurt. He's not coming back. Those things can't be helped. But healthy scratches can be, and that's the reason that we wound up where we are with regard to this rule. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. All right, two for your pleasure. We'll be doing two Sneaky Hembos per day all this week leading up to the Super Bowl. Hembo, go. All right, which franchise has the worst or the lowest cumulative point differential in the history of the Super Bowl? So I looked at every team. How many points did you score? How many points did you allow? Which team had the worst scoring margin, has the worst scoring margin in the history of the Super Bowl? So to be clear, it won't be a team that never made it because they would have no scoring margin. All right, I like the question. The answer is next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. You can't do this to me. I can't hear this and not want to talk more about Carl Weathers. Again, rest in peace, champ. We loved you, Carl Weathers. Apollo Creed will be remembered as long as movies are seen. One of the greatest characters of all time. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, In 30 seconds, we'll have the answer to Hembo's sneaky trivia. And then I've got my green list of the top five Super Bowl games ever played. That's after this word from ESPN Bet, which is now live. As the official sportsbook of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today. New users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in a legal gambling state. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hembo Trivia, go. Which NFL franchise owns the worst or the lowest cumulative point differential in Super Bowl history? So, guys, to me, it, it has to be one of two. And I'm just in my own head trying to remember exactly what the scores were. Of these games, there are two teams that are 0-4 in Super Bowls, which is Buffalo and Minnesota. So it seems to me it has to be one of the two of them. I know Denver got annihilated in some of the Super Bowls they've lost, but they also won several of them. So it's hard for me to picture that that doesn't balance out the scales a little bit. But Buffalo and Minnesota, both of them played one close Super Bowl and then got beat soundly in the other three. I think the more soundly was Buffalo. I'm not sure, but I think. So I'm positive, guys, that it's one of those two. I'm going to go Bills. Uh, Cam. Yeah, I'm going Bills, too. It just doesn't seem sneaky enough, but I don't know how it can be anyone else. I did think of the Broncos, too. They have so many blowout losses, but they got three wins, so you, you got to think that they got the scoring margin up a little bit. I'm going Bills, but I I don't know if Hembo's got something in his back pocket here, but it, it doesn't seem like it can be anyone else. Bubba. Yeah, I'm going same logic. I don't. I was trying to think if I can somehow come up with a different one, but I think I got to go Bills here. I mean, the Vikings lost Super Bowl one, thirty-five to fourteen. They lost Super Bowl four to they Kansas did, they City. They did not lose Super Bowl one. That was the Chiefs. 
Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Blah, 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 blah. Sorry. They lost to the Chiefs in Super Bowl four. 23-7, I think. 23-7. That's correct. They lost to the Steelers 16-6. to They lost to the Raiders like 32-9 to or something like that. What's their fourth loss? What's the fourth Super Bowl they lost? Uh, it was either to the Cowboys or Dolphins. In no, the they 70s. lost to Miami. They okay. lost to Miami the year. At, and that wasn't as much of a blowout. It's going to be Buffalo. I feel good about it. Uh, what was Brandon's guess? He's guessing the Chargers. Well, they only played, unless I'm forgetting one, they only played in one. Right? They did get two, obliterated. Right? But I, what, what's the second one? They lost to Steve Young. What other Super Bowl did they play in? I think that's the only one. That's the only one? <laughs> they got obliterated in that game. But it's, it's only one game. I, I don't think the margin could be big enough. Yeah, this isn't an average of loss, is it? <laughs> yeah, it, it's no. I, you're making me think about Denver because Denver's losses, their loss to Seattle was very one-sided. And they got smacked They by, lost 55-10 uh, to 10 to yeah, Montana. That's true, that's true. And the Giants beat them really badly. What was the final score that came? Like 30-something to 10. I'm the, switching my guess. No, you're not. It could be You're Denver. not switching your guesses. And then were there, were, there, were there wins close? Their win against Cam's we're talking it Panthers out were very close. <laughs> Their win against uh, Atlanta was close. Uh, 34-19, 31-24, not that well, you, Can I switch? You're looking well, you up You guys the are scores. the absolute worst. You are can't you change your guess. You can't not look up the, the guess. That's all we already guessed. Okay. So, Apparently not. What do you so mean? What are you talking about? Because Cam my... is saying he's changing his guess. He's no, not allowing that. All right, so Bubba has now, because Bubba has taken to looking up the actual scores. Because everyone's guessed. What are we talking about here? Well, because I was thinking of changing mine. Well, but, you can't change your guess. What are you talking about? You can't look them up the answers. It hasn't ended. What's going on? Okay, well, Because so we all guess. What are you guys talking about? It's going to be Broncos. <laughs> yeah. I just watched I don't this. understand what you guys right. are talking We're about. We're staying we where guess. we are. We're going Bills. All right, everyone guesses Bills, and it's going to be the Broncos. Everyone guesses Bills except for Brandon, who's guessing Chargers, and the answer is? Broncos. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks a lot, oh, Bubba. My God, it's Broncos. Their See, losses are Bubba brutal. Bubba would not let Bubba. If you would just not looked it up, we were talking ourselves well, into I mean, you the can't right change answer. Your guess. What a collection of idiots! Yes, you can. What we're is this? I'm not Regis it. Philbin over here. I didn't give you my final answer. This we were still chess. thinking. You gave That's, your answer. So Broncos lost the Super Bowl, twenty-seven to ten, thirty-nine to twenty, forty-two to ten to Washington, fifty-five to ten. And then the 43-8 to eight loss to Seattle. So some really lopsided losses, despite the three wins for Denver. Wow, that sucks. All right, what are the scores? Uh, I'm 10-11. and 11. Bubba's 9-21 and 21 based on the 10 losses he gets for that crap. Yes, uh, he should get 10 losses you, for that. You gave your you answer. You talked us out of the right answer. answer. No, he didn't talk us, he talked us into the right answer by looking it up. <laughs> You're like a college <laughs> athlete. Who, I don't know, what are you talking about? Cam no gave said, his answer. You hired an agent prematurely. Since when can Cam change his guess? I don't know, what are you guys talking That was the worst it. thing ever. And then also, Brandon guesses a team that only played in yeah, one. That was, I know. That was bad. They would have to what have lost like 90. Four to nothing. I don't even understand what you guys are talking about. Cam made a guess. Why would he be allowed to change it? I, I agree with you. Well, at what point in the process so are what we allowed are we to change about? our mind? So we're not allowed to change. After, you, you not after you lock him in, certainly. But but did we ever say well, the words all, lock him in? No. Talking about it. They're Those all are implied what words. Can, can you guess? We all guess. All right, whatever. All right, I'm 10 and 11. Bubba's 9 and 11. You are 7 and 14. Brandon's 2 and 13. Ugh. Jack's 1 and 8. And Dominique is 0 and 1. And today. He would have gotten that one wrong, too. Okay. Uh, next up, my green list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, so uh, The Green List, uh, every day here on uh, ESPN Radio, my top five, this, that, or the other. 
as voted on exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And today's list, we're going to do a Super Bowl-related green list every day this week. The top five Super Bowl games. The top five games. And I'm including both the greatness of the game itself and the magnitude of it, the significance of the game. Number five. Number five, I'm putting the 28-3 game. Brady coming back to beat the Falcons in overtime. There are a lot of factors in this. But after the the, the headline, of course, is down 28-3. Brady leads five consecutive scoring drives. He's 26 of 33 for 284 yards after that deficit to come back and win the game. It's also worth pointing out that if he loses that game, he throws a pick six right before halftime and they are getting killed. That was a moment in time when the Patriots may very well have turned to Jimmy Garoppolo. Brady at that point had not won all of these Super Bowls. He wasn't the greatest quarterback of all time when that game began. He didn't become the greatest quarterback of all time until that game ended. That game changed history in so many ways. For, so for so many reasons, I, I, cho- I didn't want to just go so many Brady games because there were so many. I chose that one out of a crowded list. Number four. At number four, I put the John Taylor game. Broncos, excuse me, Bengals and 49ers. Montana, 11 plays, 92 yards. The game winner at the end of John Taylor. The John Candy story, which is legendary from Montana. That's the game that made Montana, Montana. That's the game that gave him his third Super Bowl win. That's the game that made Joe Montana the greatest quarterback of all time, which he remained until Tom Brady supplanted him. So I put that one at number four. Number three. At number three, Steelers-Cardinals, which I just think was the best Super Bowl game. Pittsburgh and Arizona, what a game that was. Larry Fitzgerald on one side. James Harrison's 100-yard pick six with time having expired at the end of the half. And then, of course, the unbelievable play, Roethlisberger to Santonio Holmes in the corner of the end zone in the final minute to win it. I just think that's the best game. I went through all of them and tried to choose what was this, just the best, best, most compelling football game, and that's the one that I arrived at. I put that at number three. Number two. And number two, I put the Giants beating the Patriots and knocking Brady and company from the ranks of the unbeaten. Th- that game is so significant because it rewrites history. If New England wins that game, then there is no debate, no discussion. They're the greatest team of all time. They're the single, they're the greatest single season team ever. We no longer talk about the 72 Dolphins. The level of dominance that the Brady Patriots had in 07 was, it's not even comparable. So basically the Giants stopped that team, that group, from being the greatest team in football history. And they did it in such memorable fashion. Holding down that offense, the Tyree helmet catch, and then the touchdown at the end, to Plaxico Burris. That game is at number two. Number one. And then number one, you're going to call me a homer, but I'm not. I'm right. It's Super Bowl three. It's the Jets' colossal upset as an 18-point underdog against the Colts. And I've told you before that if the Jets didn't win that game, if the Jets had gotten blown out the way Kansas City and Oakland had before them, then there was a real chance the Super Bowl, as we know it, would never have continued to exist Kurt Gowdy, Hembo just dug this quote up for a book that we're working on. Kurt Gowdy, who broadcast Super Bowl III, said, quote, Pete Rosell told me there was anxiety 
that if there were another lopsided game, they'd have to scrap the game or create a new formula for it. Joe Namath and the Jets saved the Super Bowl, the event that is now the most significant cultural event in the United States. Every single year, the biggest event we have, and nothing is close. Last night was the Grammys. That's a big deal, a big event. People talk about it like crazy. The Grammys audience will be 15% of what the Super Bowl audience will be. That game was saved as we know it, by the upstart 18-point underdog, J-E-T-S, led by Broadway Joe Namath. And that is the number one Super Bowl game of all time. That's my green list. Hembo, what do you think? So the first two Super Bowls were were decided by a total of 44 points, which obviously is the context you need for that Gowdy quote, which is a great anecdote from the commissioner then, Pete Rosell. That actually was was the first of a a 13-year period, Greeny, where the AFC won the Super Bowl 11 times. The AFC went 11-2 and two in the Super Bowl from, from the Jets' win through, through, through the next 12. Obviously, much of that is, is Miami and, and Pittsburgh, of course. But as someone who loves the history, it's, hard to, it's really hard to overstate the impact of the game. Oh, and you also couple it with the famous guarantee. It's hard to, it's hard to believe that we'll ever have an event in, in the history of pro football in this country that could ever surpass that significance. To be clear, they had already agreed to merge the AFL and the NFL. But that doesn't mean they had to play a Super Bowl Mm. game. It doesn't mean it had to be exactly what it was. And, of course, a lot of the old NFL teams moved to the AFC, as it subsequently was known. The Baltimore Colts are an old-time NFL team. They go back about as far back as you can possibly go. That's the first one that jumps immediately to mind as far as really incredibly significant. And then they moved to Indianapolis and everything else. So that's my list. Bubba, you have any quibbles with the list? No, I think it's okay. I think I understand how you got there with the uh, the Jets situation. I saw the get up this morning, how you initially didn't have it, and then Damien convinced you. So I'm I'm okay. I think it makes sense, especially when you're going back to the that quote from uh, you brought up from the book. I'm with you. It makes sense. Uh, it's, 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 it's that damn Twitter. So here, here's the God's honest truth. I'm sitting in the house by myself last night. I'm alone. I'm alone for a week and a half. Stace is down in Florida with her mom. She's got the dog down there. I'm all by myself up here. So I got nothing to do last night. I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm going to do a green list every morning this week for Get Up and for the radio show on the, on the Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl-related items. Tomorrow's will be the five greatest individual Super Bowl performances. Today we were doing the five best Super Bowl games, so I had time to go over this. And all I could think was, if I put the Jets at one, I'm going to get roasted on social media for being a homer. People are just going, and I let it talk me out of it. I let it dissuade me from what I knew was the case, which is that it deserved to be won. And so then once I decided I wasn't going to put it won, then the quality of the game itself did not rise to the level of any of these others. So I felt then it belonged at five. So it received inclusion because of its significance, but was no higher than that. That's how I put it at five. And then D Wood said, I don't know, Greeny, you could have put them at number one. And I wanted to kick myself in the head. I've never been so angry at myself in my life. And that's why we rearranged it for this show. Super Bowl three belongs at number one. And for our upcoming book, spoiler alert, you'll see a comparable list to this. And again, the, significant of the, ga- the significance of the game for, for number one on your list and at number two, I think, are right for the right reasons. The, the Steelers-Cardinals Super Bowl is the best one I've ever, I've ever seen. And there are probably Super Bowls that are not on your list just in the purposes of, of entertainment. 
that should be on there. But obviously, it's, it's more, there's more to it than that. The one I, that I agonized over was the Philly-Philly game. Mm. So I was there at that game in Minnesota. By the way, I got pneumonia. That's not even an exaggeration. I literally got pneumonia. It was so cold that week. I couldn't get my hotel room warm enough uh, as the week went on. I've never been so cold in my whole life as I was there, but I digress. And Cam, this one's for you too because you're an Eagles person. That Super Bowl game, when you consider the Philly-Philly of it all, the Eagles never having won a Super Bowl to that point of it all, the way that stadium sounded, the Eagle fans were unbelievable in that building. Tom Brady throwing for 500 yards, and his team didn't punt, and they lost. I think it was the best game. Another one is the Malcolm Butler game. The mm-hmm. Malcolm Butler Seattle game, and so important historically for so many reasons. But I just decided because I knew I had to put the Brady, the Tyree game in, I decided I'm just going to pick one other Brady game to go there because otherwise, three of the five, 60% of the list yeah. is Brady. And while I get he's the most important figure in the history of the Super Bowl game by far, I just couldn't have a list that was three Brady games. So I chose the comeback because I thought it was the most significant for Brady yeah. himself. What is the first Super Bowl that you remember watching? was the Dolphins. My dad and I watched the, the, the unbeaten Dolphins, the Garo Yepremian game. The, the 72, so it would have been January of 73, I guess. Over Washington? So I'm five and a half years old. Yeah, that's the game where yeah. Yepremian, they would have shut them out. The, the, the Dolphins defense remained upset like for all those guys basically their whole lives. They pitched a Super Bowl shutout. But when they're trying to kick a, a 43-yard field goal, I think it is, to sort of ice the game up 14 nothing. there's a bad snap. Garo Yepremi and the kicker winds up like thinking he's going to throw a pass, just bats the ball straight up in the air. A defensive back named Mike Bass intercepts it and runs it back for a touchdown, and the game ends 14-7. Otherwise, they would have pitched a Super Bowl shutout, and the defense remained unhappy about that forever. I remember... I remember bits and pieces of that. I, I, I remember that game, not, not as well as I remember some of the others, but I do remember watching that. It's the first one that I, I have a, an, a, a recollection of seeing. Do you think that we'll ever get another, whatever, I guess it would now be a 19-0 team entering a Super Bowl? Yeah. Or do you think it's, or do you think it's so unlikely? Yeah, I think it's unlikely, but I, I mean, no, I think it'll happen. I mean, the Patriots did it. It'll happen. You I mean, think it'll well, happen? If they did it. I think that there were teams out there that, Let's put it this way. The Patriots had to decide they wanted it to happen, right? Because the, the courts right. decided not to go for it. Bill Polian decided not to go for it, and they benched Manning and all those guys, and they just gave away a chance at a perfect season. And Jeff Saturday and those guys remain mad at mm-hmm. him. They love Bill, but they remain mad at him to this day. The Patriots and Brewski and Brady will tell you this story, that they went to Belichick's office, like, I don't know, two or three weeks before the season ended, and said, Let's just make sure we're all on the same page here. We want to play. We want to go for this. And some team out there will do that, and maybe that's what will wind up happening. They kind of faded late, though. Like, in the end, I'm sure Bill would have, in a, in a sober moment, said, I made the wrong decision. No, I don't think so. I do. Uh, let's hold that thought. I, I, I'll disagree, and I'll tell you why right after this on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. My goodness. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone where they got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Again, all morning long, we're playing music from the the Rocky film, the original, and and all through the series uh, in honor of the the great Carl Weathers, his passing over the weekend. I I told you earlier, it really shook me up. There's someone that I've never met in my life, to be clear. But there are some people who become such a part of your life that it genuinely feels like you've lost a friend or a member of the family. And that's how I feel about Apollo Creed. Now, Carl Weathers was a terrific actor. He was great in a lot of different things, and he was at one time an NFL player. But he will always be Apollo Creed. And I'm, I'm exactly of the age where I was so impressionable when that movie came out. When Rocky came out in 1976, I remember going for a run <laughs> I remember watching that movie and then literally going out and running afterwards. I don't know if it's because I thought I was going to be Rocky or I just felt so much pent-up energy, but I recall actually leaving my home to go running because I was so excited about it. And I remember so vividly when he eats all the, the, un, um, the raw eggs, you know, he drinks them all in that glass and everyone in the whole theater goes, ah, I can't believe what he's doing. And, um, and then Apollo is such an extraordinarily memorable Character, one of the really great supporting characters ever, much less in a sports film. So, anyway, I was very, very saddened by the Carl Weathers news this weekend. I did wind up looking this up. Uh, Rocky in 1976 did become the first true sports movie to ever win an Oscar for Best Picture. Has any since? Two have since. No, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Come on, guys. Bubba, don't look this up. I got one. Go ahead. I believe Chariots of Fire won uh, yes, Best Picture. Yes, that's correct. 1981. That was the next one to do it. Breaking Away was a really good movie. I don't think it won. I think it, w- it was nominated. Uh, give us an era, just so we don't... 2004. 2004. Oh, uh, uh, Million Dollar oh. Baby. Yep. Oh, the sport, yes. Well, boxing. Another boxing movie. Clint Eastwood, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good movie. Very good. Yeah, that's a depressing movie. Sure is. That's a tough sit-through. Goes where you don't think it's going to. No, that's a brutally tough movie to see. Never yeah. seen it. All right, you've never seen it? 
No. No, I don't think you want to watch that, Bob. That might be a little, be a little much for you to take. Uh, okay, let, let's, let's finish up with where we were just a moment ago. I do not believe Bill Belichick. Like, there'd be so many things I would love to inject Bill Belichick with truth serum and find out. <laughs> like, let's, let's actually make that into a game. If you could inject Bill Belichick with truth serum and ask him anything, what would you want to know? My goodness. I mean, I would be, like I said before the break, I think that in an honest moment, if I asked him, do you think that you mishandled the 2007 Patriots, he would say, yes, I wish I had rested my guys at the end of the regular season. I we were not. gassed. We were I gassed. don't. I don't think so. Do you think that's the reason that they didn't beat the Giants that I do. day? I do. I think they were gassed. And I think the way, that they, the way that they barely beat them the last week of the season was a harbinger of things to come clearly because they were, they were utterly dominating people for the first two-thirds of the season. And then there's some really, really tight wins. And in the playoffs, they only beat Jacksonville by 11 and, and San Diego by 9. Like, they weren't, they weren't that dominant team by the end of the season. And he always says, like, I want to hit my stride on Thanksgiving. And that team did the opposite. So you're saying that you think not the physical wearing down, but the emotional toll, the psychological toll of carrying the perfect record yeah. is what wore them down. That's, that's what did it. I'd like to ask Teddy about that sometime. We've talked a lot about that game. Teddy, ha- you know, it's going to bother him to his final day and Brady and all those guys. Remember, Brady said, I would trade any one of my Super Bowl rings for that one, you know, th- th- that mm-hmm. one to have gotten. The Malcolm Butler decision in that game against the Eagles is one I'd love to ask Bill about. Malcolm Butler did not. He was a healthy scratch, but he wasn't even a scratch. He just didn't play. He was in uniform. He took up a roster spot for the Super Bowl in which his team got torched. His secondary got humiliated. And Malcolm Butler, who who was his best defensive back, who had won a Super Bowl almost single-handedly with an unforgettable interception of Russell Wilson, did not play a snap. And it's never been explained why. I would want to ask him at what point he knew or thought he knew that Tom Brady would become Tom Brady. I wonder if at some point, I want to ask him if he really thought Brady was washed up and wanted to go to Garoppolo and had to be talked out of it by the owner. That's good too, because they dropped they drafted Garoppolo and then Brady went on to have a Hall of Fame career after that, which I think is probably the biggest reason why Bill's not there now. I'd like to ask him why he felt he only needed to be the HC of the NYJ for one day. I would much rather he had continued with the Jets for longer than why he if, he had, if, if his if his tenure as Jets coach couldn't be counted in hours. I would love him to do media because I don't know if you watched any of the, uh, the NFL Network's like, top 100. He's thing. very good. He's so good. And he was on college game day earlier this year, um, Army-Navy, mm-hmm. and was magnificent. So like Bill always has done the media that he has to because he has to. But if he were actually doing something that he wanted to, I think we would see a whole different side of him <clears> that the public would love to see. Tom so- and the adventures of Tom Sawyer, they define work as something that someone must do and play as something that one wants to do. So Belichick could play in our world here in media, but I don't think he will because I think he wants to coach again. And I, I don't think he wants to come on shows like this one. Or let's let's uh, be realistic. He, he would wind up in whatever the highest, you know, the, the, the biggest show, Sunday Countdown or whatever it might be, or, you know, in the studio of one of the other networks that televises the games. But... I don't think he would want to be in there questioning and criticizing 
the other coaches and stuff like that. I just don't think that's his thing. He was very good in those situations because he was able to talk about the stuff he wants to talk about. In our line of work, if you're going to take that job regularly, you're going to have to talk about things that you don't feel like yeah. talking about. That's part of the job. I have a solution. Which is? We have a whole new frontier of media right now. The Kelsey brothers are proving that. He should have a podcast? With Nick Saban. Who's not listening to the Belichick Saban podcast? That's, it's, it's whatever topics you want. Do they need a host? It is highly editable. Do they need a host? They need a host. I could do that. Of course you could do that. I would be a very good host. You would that. do a fabulous job with that. Saban likes me. I don't know if Bill likes me. Do your, do, do their Bill a- and I, our relationship has always been okay. That doesn't really matter. What matters is do their agents like your agent? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I don't know who represents Bill. Saban's does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Saban's in the right place. Great. I don't know who represents Bill. I don't either. But whoever represents Bill didn't do a very good job this season. That would be a very good. Oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, it'd be amazing. That podcast. The best podcast. It would be good. It would make so much money. They would enjoy it because they don't have to listen to, they don't have to do like the whole you go, I go around the table thing asking about which quarterback is on the hot seat, which coach is on the hot seat. And that's what Bill and Nick want to do. They don't want to sit there and play the media game. They want to play their own game. The Bill and, what, 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 what are we naming the podcast? What are we naming the podcast? Something Bill about, something about tank, can, like cantankerous old guys. You know, like J.J. Reddick has like old men in a three, like something. Yeah. What could be a clever. Grumpy old po- men. <laughs> Grumpy old men is Grumpy that. old goats. It's already been Grumpy taken. Grumpy old goats. Grumpy old goats. Something with goats. Two goats and a greenie. Well, I don't, I don't think, I don't think greenies in the name. Yeah. In, the, in, the, in the title. I like grumpy old goats. I do like that. Grumpy old goats is not football or sports. And, it's specific and I don't enough. think they would want that. Like, I don't think they perceive themselves to be grumpy or old. I, I, speaking, as one, speaking as one who at times is made to feel old, I, no, I, don't, I would never name my own podcast the old guy talking about sports. Okay. Grumpy goats. Grumpy goats. That's what Cam likes. Coaching and they, and they need a host. Coaching one hundred and one. Thirteen rings. Thirteen rings. Ring it chasing has a nice ring to it. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Not bad. I'm sure they have some kind of like team motto that we don't know about, or we could ask one of their former players. This is a very good idea. Hey, Bubba, get CAA on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Young, I'm calling <laughs> right after the show is over. Vino, I got an idea. <laughs> if you know, you know. It's going to make you a lot of money. Oh, I'm, I am so in on this. All right, we'll see you tomorrow to continue Super Week on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.